All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 83 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Jillian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board, and joining me... It seems to be the usual gang here, guys. Ken, 69th Blizzard, Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss, and Marcus Almighty. Mark, thank you all for being here again. Um, and everyone out there, thank you for listening to the episode. Some good, the last episode, there's been some good feedback. And if I go off kilter today, Lonnie, catch me when I fall because I am one sick dog today. So we will see how this goes. I'll take over if needed. Yeah, any current affair topics that anyone wants to raise before we get going with today's today's show? Is anything interesting happening? Well, there's been nothing but positive comments about the tour still, so that's good. Yeah, okay, um, that I saw your, your attendance statistics. They look good, like eighty average of 82% tickets sold, so that's good. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're pulling in a decent number. It's even nicer that we've had some box scores because those have been kind of hidden from view the last few tours. So we've had very few officially released statistics. Um, and I think we've got them for eight, nine shows out of the tour so far. So, um, Oh, and also, also mm-hmm. that uh, you, you also posted that we got the first actual audio clips from the show on the Monster site there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. for those of you who like to collect audio, a complete show, not a YouTube video, has surfaced, and I think it's Independence, Missouri. Can't remember what day that is. I think the twentieth, and it's the full show. It's you know pretty decent quality. Um, you know you can find it. You know if you've got ten cents, um, and it's it's online. I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna tell you explicitly where to get it, but it's online. And if you use Google. You can probably figure it out and go and listen to the whole show. So then you're not an armchair quarterback anymore, judging the quality of the tour off a YouTube video. You're an armchair quarterback judging it off a audience recording. That <laughs> <laughs> soundboard. Yeah, what's the difference? So, um, yeah, so that, that's a good one. Anything else? Any? No, nothing. I can't think of a thing. So let's jump into today's topic and. This was suggested to us by our friend Joel, who'll be back on the show soon, I hope. And it is line up the first three albums against the second group of three albums. So essentially the originals versus the originals two. Which set of three albums is stronger? Now, that's all he gave us to go with. You know, we didn't really talk about do we judge these just on the music? Do we judge it just on the album covers, or Ken's prepared? I judge how I judge. Spreadsheet going. I wrote. Yeah, it's kind of like a (laughs) a makeshift spreadsheet. There you go. Um, Basically, basically, uh, I was. I actually thought about using Excel, but I was like, that's a little extreme. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, basically, what I did is it's kind of rudimentary, but I listed the albums out. Uh, in their own groups, the first three, and then the you know Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun, the second three, um, and I, I rated it on simple things like this. First of all, the covers, just the cover of the album, that sort of thing. Then I rated it on songs that are on the album, overall songs, and then the third rating was production of the album. So those are the three I used, and I think it came out. It came about right for me, so 
Um, cool. That's all how right. I do it. So today's there you Ken, go. Ken's, our criteria. Ken's gonna host the show as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ken. Hey, why don't you take us away on on your fir, on your first uh, metric there? Okay, let's go to the first metric. So the first metric I have is the cover, album cover, you know, presentation. Um, so I gave those either a one, two, or three. Uh, three being the highest. Um, and hold hold, hold the, on a second while I open Excel. I better keep track of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so three being the highest. So the first three, here's my ratings on the first three. For the first album, Kiss, I gave the cover a two. So it's middle, right? Um, and that's because I thought it you know, could have been better. Uh, I would have liked to see them in full outfits and, and so on on the cover. Uh, the second one, Hotter Than Hell, I rated that a three. I think it's a, just a great cover, classic cover. I love the, you know, the Japanese you know stuff going on there too and it's just kind of wild even the back cover it's like what's going on you know <laughs> you know party time back there so that one i like a lot and then dress to kill i gave that a one because you know it's kind of classic they're in suits yeah they're on the corner i still someone just first coming and looking at that album might say the heck are these guys in a you know in suits um it doesn't show them with, with instruments. It doesn't show them in their real costumes. Uh, even the back is just a re, you know a reverse exposure. Uh, so that's why it got a one for me. As the second group of albums, Destroyer, uh, Rock and Roll Over Love Gun, I gave Destroyer a three. That's the top, right, the top number. Rock and Roll Over, I gave a three. I, I love that album cover, too. And I gave Love Gun a three. So they all got threes. Mm. For me, I love all those covers. Um, I I don't think there's anything really bad about them at all. I can't say anything bad about those. So those are my, uh, you know, ratings for those. So so far, at least in my rankings, uh, as far as the cover goes, uh, we've got uh, six points right for the first trinity of albums and then the second group uh nine so it's nine to six all right so the originals two takes the lead and that's on the pure covers for you lonnie what about you recover wise yeah and and you you're gonna have to make this up a lot as you go yeah i'm just doing this off the cuff so that makes it more exciting anyway so original album i'm gonna give i'm gonna pull up excel here while i'm doing this actually <laughs> original album i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a two because it is good but it's not it doesn't have the that, that iconic feel that that the others do um how than hell i'm gonna give a one because i really don't like that cover i think that uh we and we've talked about it before when we've talked covers on the show that 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 uh the black and white photo on there just doesn't do the band justice. I think Kiss is such a visual, a visual band that putting it in black, putting them in black and white does not do the band justice because they're so visually exciting. That's one of the one of the coolest things about Kiss. So I'm going to give that a one, and then Dress to Kill. 
we've talked about this before too. When we've talked covers that I always thought that dress to kill like the back should have been like them going into that telephone booth and you know and yeah. coming out like the super Superman type thing. So I'm gonna give that. And but it, but it is cool though. I mean I do like the idea in that, and, and it's a it's such a it's such a um, you know landmark cover with with Kiss fans. People like Kiss fans just identify to it. So I'm gonna give that up too. Also, but. Even though it's black and white. Huh? Even though it's black and white, I'm contradicting <laughs> myself as I'm going. Thanks, Ken. And, <laughs> and but those next three though are so freaking ridiculously good that I I have to give all three of them threes because I mean those those are hands down the as far as presentation goes, you know, and then. Not only presentation goes with the album covers, but you get in the packaging as well. Kiss was really hitting their stride with packaging, with you know, with, with the sticker with "Rock and Roll Over," with the, with the Love Gun cap, with with the Love Gun album. Um, present presentation wise, all three of them of the second tier of them all get three. So um, I'm mean, kind of locked up with Ken on on that as far as visual, as far as packaging goes on the on the originals too. I will give the originals to the nod as far as presentation goes for sure. All right. So what yep. did your first three add up to four? My first three added up to five. Okay. Yeah. He had, I did. Cause I contradicted I, myself I, on the yeah, black and white. I, I, to, I totally had to open up Excel here, you know, yeah, his first <laughs> Same. three added five. And then he's a nine for the second three like me. Yeah. All right, Mark on a, on a Nigel scale of 11 to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> okay, hang on one second. I'm just about ready here because I I'm doing a sort of a presentation style. The Jeopardy music right now. <laughs> okay, all right, just about ready. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so for this album, mm-hmm. which is the first album, of course. I gave that a two, mainly because, like we've all kind of mentioned, it is sort of an iconic cover in the sense that anybody who sees that album cover right away knows who that is. I mean, that that was the introduction to the band. Yes, it could have been better. It is very Beatlesque, but you know, it's not the worst cover in the world, but it's also not the strongest one. So I kind of put it at two. To be honest with you, I was borderline of giving it a giving it a a one actually, but. I, I, I'm feeling in a good mood today. I think that uh, crate digging make, put me in a good mood today. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. The next record, which is Honored in Hell, yeah. I put I gave that a two as well. Now that record to me, I have issues with on many different scales, and I'm sure that we'll discuss it as we discuss some of the other criteria that Ken will bring up in his flow chart there for us to discuss. Um, but uh, I think that uh, it's better to me on some scales than the first one, but in other ways, not so much. So I kind of gave that, like I gave, I gave that a two as well. So those two kind of stick with me sort of on the same scale as far as, you know, impact to me. Now, the third record, which we all know is The Mighty Dress to Kill, I gave that one a three. Mm. Now, to me, 
this one is where I kind of got the feeling that they started hitting their stride a bit more, where the covers were a little bit more sawed out. I mean, title to picture, it's, you know, it has a little bit more relation to it. I mean, I don't know what Hotter Than Hell has to do with the picture that they had for the second record. It's just them there in black and white. I don't know what that has to do with Hotter Than Hell. But um, this picture, obviously can be taken more in context with the title of the record. So I give that a total three. It's a top grade. Very well done. I like it very much. Now, the next record in the second group, which is Destroyer. Now, I'll be honest. Once again, thank the crate digging, but I was this close to giving this a one because I'll be honest with you. This is one record that if I don't hear it spawn again, it won't bother me in the slightest. I'm so burnt out on this record. I mean, I know it's a classic. I know they always play all the songs from it, but I mean, come on, man. I mean, how many more times do I got to hear Shout It Out Loud and all the? I mean, you know, at this point, I'm almost willing to hear rock and roll all night at some point, more than some of the songs off of this record. I mean... It's it just seems to be everywhere. Maybe it's just a regional thing. Maybe you know the radio stations in my neck of the woods seem to play "Shout It Out Loud" in Detroit Rock City every Saturday evening, and it just drives me up the wall sometimes. But they don't have anything else in their record collection but that. So I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna give it a two because I have to admit Ken Kelly did do a great job on it. It is definitely a great image. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two. I, I definitely think that it's worth the extra point because of the great drawing. Now, rock and roll over. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to go without saying that you probably already know what I'm going to give this cover. A three plus, 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 plus. <laughs> because rock and roll over is hands down the greatest Kiss album in makeup ever done. And, I mean, what more can you say about this the record? Universe. I mean... It everything about it that's cool. Everything about it that's cool is on this image. So I definitely think that it deserves a three. Okay. So I'm gonna leave this one at a three and just leave some of my more poignant comments for a bit later. But that just leaves us with Love Gun. And again, this is a Ken Kelly picture. I like this record considerably more than Destroyer, but what's preventing it from getting a three in my humble opinion is the fact that there's no body on that girl in the picture there. <laughs> it's just a floating head. So artistic point taken Magic. away for that. How do you hate Ken Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, an, he's an incompletist. He, he, oh my gosh. He, he let art go that was not fully realized. So in my Didn't opinion, the deadline, I guess. That, that deserves a smack on the wrist and a point off. So if I'm correct, though, in my calculations, that gives the first three a seven and the second group a seven. Ooh, okay. Well, this is going to get interesting for me. Um, you know, the, the first album cover I love, it's Meet the Beatles all over again, even though Peter mm. Chris's makeup is atrocious but it's just so endearing now being the first it's the you know the, your first kiss it's your first everything with the band it's a three for me simple as that three 
through and through just because it's the first and it looks cool and it's everything that the band wanted to be as an analog kind of, of the Beatles model. So, Hotter Than Hell is... I love it, but it feels dated to me now. Um, I have no problem with the picture. I love the design. I love the, the colors. And again, it's something that we've had for 40 years. But I'll, I'll just give that a two. Um, just because it's, you know, not top-notch in comparison with some of the other ones that I'll get to in a second. Dress to Kill is one of my least favorite covers. Um, it's, it's a one. I hope someone's keeping track of my numbers because I can't, can't freaking talk and add at the same time. If I... <laughs> <laughs> Got three, two, one. Three, two, one. So six, six points yeah. on those. But Dress to, Dress to Kill, yeah, it works. It's a good album cover. It's good art for what they did with the concept, you know, kind of the suits. Um, and, you know, going on, on to the embossing of the logo on the original LP issue. It's good. I just don't find it that creative. And, you know, the symmetry is ruined by the missing S on the on the one kiss, you know, or maybe the symmetry is maintained. You know, it's artistic license. It's just, you know, one of the, the necessities of the design. So, least favorite. And, again, I think Lonnie mentioned, you know, the, the greater part of kind of the storyboard of the Superman isn't really in that cover. Uh, second group. All right, I'm going to just keep score quickly there. The second group, Destroyer. Um, I'm kind of a mark on, you know, the the over use of the image, um, whereas he may not want to ever hear the music again. I'll, I'll listen to the album right now. Um, simple as that. It's definitely, you know, we'll, we'll get into the music. But you know, the cover. I, I think I've got to go with three, just because again, it's the band's breakout album, um, and and that's a complete cop out. Do I think it's really a three? No, I just think I have to go with a three. You know, because of I'll get hated if I don't. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a chicken. So rock and roll over three best album cover. And when Mark said that, I was like starting to you know I'm thinking creatures, but you know as the best ever Kiss album cover. You know, it for me it's between those two. But for the original era, which is what we're talking about, it's a three. Love Gun, it's a one. I, I I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the album in any sense. You know, it's got some great songs in it, but the album cover, I don't think it holds a candle to Destroyer. He had already done the posed. It doesn't break any new new ground. It's just the same shit with a different background. So, while it's continuity in some ways, um, it, it it's just not every other album cover up to that point is different. You know, whether it's the first, which is a po, you know, a photo staged, you know, then the artistic design, and then the photo artistically sapiated, black and white, and all that shit. And then you've got the cartoon, you've got the design, and then you've got a repeat. So it's it's unoriginal. So seven points for my group, next group of three. And then we'll get back. I think we'll go to Ken. I also want to uh, add in a metric that we can talk about if we have time, and that is costumes. And we'll figure that one out when we get okay. to it. All right, Ken, what's next? All right, so next is the category of songs. And how I did this was you're, you work from 10. So you start at a point of 10, and you work back for any, like, a deduction. Uh, just 10, because the average songs, the amount of songs on the album were 10. But for, I deduct one point back 
very bad song. Well, for a song that I don't care for so much. Right. You know, maybe not classic or something So, like so this would be easy because we're Kiss fans and we love every Kiss song, right? <laughs> every Kiss fan just loves everything about Kiss. So. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me put my purple tinted glasses on. Okay, ready. First album, songs. I deducted one point. Uh, so it's nine. Uh, they're going to get nine. I, what I deducted, I deducted um, Love Theme from Kiss. Uh, gave it a. You know, I could go without that song. Uh, you know, Kissing Time is on. If you, it was later. I didn't really count it. It's okay song. Um, if you, their first pressings didn't have it, and then they put it on there after the fact. But I didn't deduct for that one. I think the song's okay. Um, all the other songs great too. Um, so it's just love theme from Kiss, kind of out of place in my opinion. So that's why I got a nine. Uh, next, Hotter Than Hell. Uh, I re- I cut that one back down to eight uh, for songs. Uh, I didn't care for, you know, Mainline's okay. Mm. And, you know, actually, uh, I kind of, uh, Coming Home, I've never, I mean, it's, it's a good song, but I, I, I don't know. I just... Never got into that one so much. It's just it's just me. So my opinion on that. Um, so how in the hell got an eight? Dress to kill next uh, for songs. It gets a seven. Um, I deducted because of uh, some of the unfinished. It's more of not overall a, a particular song. It's more unfinished songs in my opinion. Some of the genes were kind of unfinished finished in my opinion on the first side and then uh you know guitar solo is missing so i had to kind of it was kind of you know the songs were so short and they could have they could have you know so do, would you consider rock and roll all night an unfinished song because it doesn't have a guitar solo in it ah well to a degree yeah um but i didn't cut back for that one because that was just too classic i mean there's other areas on the album where there's where they're missing some guitar, um, so that gets a seven. Um, next, Destroyer. Destroyer. That gets a seven also. Wow. Yeah, because. a sweet pain. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, sweet pain. Uh, Beth. I just. It's always been just okay. It's just. Yeah, it was the hit, but. I wouldn't have gone out and bought that for for Beth if I was just first hearing Kiss and I heard that on the radio. I would have said, "Oh my gosh, I got to get that." No, that's <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done it. Right. So Beth, and then Great Great Expectations would be kind of the other one. There, it's kind of okay, but it's kind of lacking a little bit for me because I would have rather have had their original demo version actually over that one. So that's a seven. Uh, now, rock and roll over. This was close. It almost got a perfect score, but it didn't. It got a nine. Uh, almost got a ten, but See You in Your Dreams is the only one that kind of brings it down a little bit, if anything. I love the rest. 
I love the the rest of the album, all the songs. Uh, so that's where that one stands. I mean, I even love I love Baby Driver. I really love that one. Um, next, so that's a nine. Uh, love Gun. Okay, that one gets a seven also. Uh, that 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 that. Then she kissed me. First of all, you know, there's one right there. Um, Garbage. <laughs> who, yeah. I never liked who again. I never really liked who again. That's another one. Um, I can't remember the other one. That was kind of maybe it should be an eight. Um, you know, but I put seven originally, so I'll just leave it at that because I can't remember why I put it seven. So that's it. That's the first and first three and the second three. So by my math. Uh... The originals, the first three, just edges the second three, 24 to 23. How about that? All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to Mark next this time. Okay, so Kiss, the first album. I'm going to give that an eight. Um, mainly because I think that this record is probably next to rock and roll rock and roll over probably the close closest thing to perfection as far as songs go for me i mean everything on this record they pretty much play for the exception of love theme from kiss and you know let me go uh what's that last song again let me know they don't they don't play that too for too often Mm -hmm. live so those two those two songs because they don't play them too often and I did the same thing like Ken. I'm not really counting Kissing Time because I'm thinking of it from the its earliest release, how it was intended to be released, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm going to look at it from that opinion. And I'm going to say that it's eight. I mean, this record is really good. Even from a production point of view, yeah, sure, it could have been better. But for a first attempt at an album, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I've heard lots of other bands that have done first records that have been a lot worse than this, believe me. So this this... It's pretty good. It's pretty up there. I, I like a lot of it. The tones are good. So it gets an 8. Hotter Than Hell, I'm going to give that a 5. Because for me, Hotter Than Hell represents everything that they did wrong with the same group of people. I think that a lot of the songs are half-baked. Um, they're like Songs like Hotter Than Hell... It sounds like they gave Peter Chris a Valium before he did the drum track on that. It's so slow and monotonous. I was like, oh my god, when I was listening to that, like, is he even awake doing this drum part? Like, come on. I don't think you anyone know. needed to give Peter any Valiums. Probably Play slower. Yeah. <laughs> he probably he didn't want to give him any drugs. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, there's just not, there's not, not as much memorable material, in my opinion, on this record as the first album it's just as simple as that i mean sure there's a lot of good songs on here and yeah i understand the experiment they wanted to go try to be a bit more black sabbathy but i don't think it worked i think it hampered the sound they would have been better off even just doing a complete repeat of sound in my opinion i think it would have made everything sound a bit better and you know i just i just think that there would have been less drama with the record you know 20 and 30 years later because of it if they would have just made another sonically good record like the first one so that's a five dress to kill i'm gonna give that a seven now the reason why i give it a seven is kind of the same reason why i think ken gave his mark is because some of the songs on there especially the ones that gene you know did 
are not that strong. I also not a big fan of anything for my baby. That's not really been a song that I've ever really got into too much. But where I did get some good points for me was I think that you know Neil Bogart and the gang. While Neil Bogart probably didn't do too much except maybe smoke marijuana and say good, good, good job, guys. Um, I think that you know Dave Whitman's the real guy who did the good job with them on this, and it sounds a hell of a lot better than Hotter Than Hell. That's for damn sure. And, you know, it's one of those records where when it's done, at least for me, it's so quick that I am that I almost want to hear it again. I mean, it goes by so quickly. It's almost one of those records where they kind of teach you this when you go to, like, production school. Make them want more, you know? Make the song not so long that you bore them, but, you know, just short enough that they want to hear it again, you know? So I'm going to give that a seven. So now comes the part that I'm sure I'm going to get egged for. Destroyer, I'm gonna give this a three. And the reason oh, why I'm gonna give like this a three. I knew you weren't gonna like this at all. <laughs> okay. Wow. The, three. Only, the only re- the only reason why I'm giving this a three is because I'm gonna give it three for the only three songs that I kind of like on this album still. Okay, and that's Flaming Youth. I still like. I st- I still like Do You Love Me. I st- I haven't gotten totally bored to tears with that song yet. And I still like King of the Nighttime World. Those three songs, for me, I still like. But, I mean, the rest of them, yes, I know they're classics. Yes, I know they're great songs. And yes, I know Bob Ezrin did such a great job with them doing these songs. But you know what? I've had enough of listening to them for now. Maybe if you were to do this in, like, seven months from now, maybe my mood will have changed and maybe my opinion of the record will have changed. But right now... I don't. I don't want to hear it right now. I mean, those are those three songs are good enough. I mean, everybody's saying how great a production job he did with it. I think he he did a good job. Obviously, it sounds good, but it, it that to me don't sound like the Kiss that I was you know that I would have expected at that point in their career. I mean, getting off of Alive and having such a raw record, and you know even the records beforehand they were a little bit more raw and not so polished. There was no pianos on it except for Nothing to Lose. Yes, I know what I was on there, but. Uh, other than that, you know, there wasn't too much gliss and glitter and stuff on it. And I like my kiss more raw, which gets to rock and roll over, which gets a 10. It is perfect. Mm. I, don't, I don't care that, you know, love him, leave him or baby driver. I'm sure that's not my favorite song. But as a whole, as a whole package from beginning to end, this is the one kiss record I can look everybody square in the eye and say, I never once in my life skipped this song, lifted the needle up and moved it ever on this record. I love it. I was in Portugal. I'm sure I told you guys this story before when I was in the Azor Islands playing. And this is the only record apart from Deep Purple's Made in Japan that was available to listen to. And I listened to this record until they probably got so sick of it in that house. But I wasn't sick of it. I loved it. I can still listen to it now. I can go downstairs and put it on and let it run and run and run, and I'll not get sick of it. I love it. Great album. So that leaves me with Love Gun. Now, I'm going to give that a 7. It's definitely nowhere near as good as Rock and Roll Over, but now, now listen to me when I say this, everybody out there. Right now, right now, I think this album smokes Destroyer, okay? I've not gotten as burnt out on it. I still find something new and kind of, you know, every time I listen to it, I go, ah, you know, something kind of jumps out at it just because it hasn't been overplayed to death. 
in, at least not on my stereo, not at least on radio here in my area. And I just, I still find something to love about it still. Yes, there are bad songs on it, you know, Then She Kissed Me. I mean, why that's on there? We went through this a hundred times. I have no idea. But, you know, apart from that, you know, the rest of the songs are listenable. There's some really good songs on there. Love Gun's great. I Stole Your Love is fantastic. Even some of the Gene songs are bearable, you know. I mean, what... It, it, they're not as bad as some of the songs that you get from Gene in the 80s. Let's face it, people. Okay, so I got to say that for me, this is a seven. So interestingly enough, when I do my math, this is a 20 and a 20 from both groups of three. So we have a complete tie still. 27-27 is my total for everything so far. I concur. Lonnie. All right. Set, set us straight, man. Tell us how it well. is. <laughs> first album is you know this like you guys were saying they still play basically almost everything off that album except for um love theme from kiss and let me know and let me know is actually probably my top five kiss songs ever so i'm gonna give the first album a nine the only song i really don't care for is love theme from kiss and i'm gonna take the same perspective that the other guys took with um, Kiss and Time, excluding that, you know, taking the album in its original format the way it was originally meant to be released. So the only the only um the only song I ever skip off the original album is Love Theme from Kiss. It's just why you put that on there instead of watching you at the time. It's kind of kind of strange to me, but you know that's it's a nine for sure. Um, second second album, Hotter Than Hell. I can take or leave a few songs on there. Um, mainly, Going Blind. I was never a big fan of Going Blind until um, until MTV Unplugged came out. And I thought they just gave that song new life that it was just missing on Higher Than Hell. And Mainline, I was never a big fan of. And and even um. Third one written down here. Why do I have seven written down if I can think of two bad songs? So I'm going to give it an out. So I am going to give it an eight because song wise, when you just look at the songs, I mean, I know the production isn't, we, we've, we've beaten that to death song with production with Hotter Than Hell. But song wise, I mean, Got to Choose, Parasite, Hotter Than Hell, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, those are great songs. And I really, I'm a big fan of All the Way. That's a great song, in my opinion. It's a very underrated Kiss song, in my opinion. And when they did it live in 04, it just sounded fantastic. But the problem is, yeah. only people like us know all the way. And there's five people singing <laughs> right. in the whole audience. So I get why they don't play it, but it's a great song. Total freaking so, buzzkill. No, I know. You were at one of those shows, weren't you? Yeah, they, when they did, played all the way? They did the Concord show, right? Yeah, Concord. And Concord, just, yeah. Man, I'm a dork that I know you, that. You just feel the, ener- <laughs> the energy just went, whoom. <laughs> it's a great song, but like, like, like five people in the whole audience. Know. Yeah, totally five people going nuts, and you're like, oh, you feel like <laughs> a village like, idiot. It's like, what the hell? Going to the that? bathroom. <laughs> so I'm going to give Hotter Than Hell an eight. I had written down a seven, but I'm going to I'm going to go an eight on that because I, I really song wise it's great, production wise no it's not, but <laughs> song wise I think it's fantastic. Dress to Kill. I'm giving an 
eight as well. I'm giving a little more love for it than the other guys did. The only two songs I really don't like on Trust to Kill, and when I say don't like, and just they're just not up to par with the others, and that's Ladies Room and Getaway. I really, I, I really like a lot of the other songs on there. Come on and love me anything for my baby. Rock we, rock. Wait a minute. You mean Ladies in Waiting? Ladies in Waiting, what? you mean? You said, oh, you ladies, said ladies Room. Because ah. I'm rocking roll over. Sorry. We said right. say Rise Your Heart or something Just stupid slip. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ladies in Waiting you're talking about, yeah. Right, I'm sorry. Just wait, Lonnie. I, I still got to navigate all these song titles, so we might have some gold. <laughs> Oh, it wouldn't be fun if we didn't give each other trouble. So, yeah, I, I'm going to give Dress to Kill an eight because I really like, I, 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 you know, I mean, this is the first three Kiss albums. You get, I mean, it's hard, it's hard for me to criticize, it's hard for me to criticize these these songs on these albums because if you, I mean, these are these are the albums that make people Kiss fans are these original albums by the original band. So for me, it's really hard for me to say. Uh, to start criticizing the songs on these albums because these are the songs that make that make me a Kiss fan anyway. So I'm going to give Dress to Kill an, an eight. The only songs I not like are Ladies in Waiting and and Getaway. It's only two I'm I'm taking points off for. So moving on to Destroyer, um, I'm not going to give Destroyer a three, and I'm going to give Destroyer a lot of love. I'm going to give Destroyer a nine. So I'm gonna wow. totally contradict um, what what Mark was saying. Um, I think there's a reason, why, just like the original album, there's a reason why they play a lot of these songs still. Um, the reunion tour, they played six songs off of Destroyer, and there's nine songs on the album. And there, there's a reason why it's because they're they they recorded the album that that they needed to record at the time to move them forward and not just be a one album wonder band with a live. And, you know, they, they are the, they are the classic kiss songs. Detroit rock city, King of the nighttime world, shout it out loud, Beth, do you love me? Those are the classic kiss songs. And there's a reason why they still play them, you know, nonstop to this day. I wish they would play King of the nighttime world more often than they do, but you know, and they're even playing flaming youth now. Um, the and the only one I knocked it for was was Sweet Pain, and we've we've gotten into that before. So, you know, I think Destroyer is just song for song what makes is what Kiss is all about, and 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 are they overplayed? Sure, you know, Detroit Rock City. You know, how many? You know, if they're going to do a national TV appearance, you know, more than likely we're going to hear Rock and Roll Night or Detroit Rock City or Shout It Out Loud. Are they overplayed? Sure. But they're the songs that make Kiss the classic band that they are today and what make Kiss still be toying in 2016 is because of songs like these off Destroyer. So I would give Destroyer a nine. Um, Rock and Roll Over, I am. I would give it, and song-wise, I'm going to give it an eight. Um, Great production, great songs. only ones I would take off would be knock it for our our baby driver i never really got into that as much and again with see you in your dreams i think it's like an unfinished um almost filler on there for 
two minutes and 30 seconds. So, um, but you know, again, classic songs, a great song is what makes kiss kiss. So an eight, four rock and roll over. And then love gun, you know, not, not as much for love gun. I'm going to give him love gun. I'm going to take off. Oh, oh, I'm going to give love gun an eight also, because the only ones, the only songs I really don't like, off Love Gun or Then She Kissed Me and Tomorrow and Tonight I think it's just filler. It's just kind of yeah. crap. I think they were running out of ideas doing these two albums a year type stuff and I think Tomorrow and Tonight is, is a good example of that. But you know, at the same time you still have I Store Your Love and Love Gun and Shock Me and Christine 16. Just again, songs that make Kiss Kiss and make them have the longevity that they've had. So you know, I, I've, I've given all the albums very high, high marks because it's hard for me to criticize these songs because they're they're the songs that they're they still sound fresh to me to this day, even though I've heard them all a million times. And they're they're what makes Kiss the entity that they've become. So that's so, my ring. That's a tie for you. Twenty five. Twenty five. Look at that. All right. I'll run through mine quickly. Um first album, you know, I was going to be King Contrary Man and say, well, I'm going to include Kissing Time because that's the only version of the album I ever, I ever listened to. You know, I wasn't there in 1974 and I never heard the NB9001 version. Be your own man, Julian. But, no, to be a sheep and to follow the rest of the crowd, I will, I will not include it. It's not going to really affect me because, just like everyone else, the only thing I can get rid of of that album and not go really care for is Love Fame and Kiss, and that almost feels like a cop-out. You know, it's some little instrumental waffle. So, you know, nine, I'm giving it a nine. Simple as that. It's the first, your first kiss again. I've said that several times. Hotter Than Hell, you know, I, I think the songs are there. There's only one song that I really, really do not like on this album, and it is Mainline. And, um, you know, I, I'm giving Hotter Than Hell an 8 out of 10. The other points being lost simply because of sludgy production. Um, right. The rest of the songs, I wouldn't delete any of them from my playlist. I wouldn't even delete Mainline. It's just, it's the one that sticks out to me. And you know what? Like any Kiss fan, like anyone with an opinion, you ask me tomorrow, I might give you a different song because, you know, mm-hmm. shit, I... You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't need to be consistent. It's what my mood is. You know, th- there's very few <laughs> things that are going to be the same from day to day. Um, Dress to Kill. You know, it's, it's painful to say this, but it's a six for me. You know, there are some of my all-time favorite Kiss songs, which will not change from day to day. Come On and Love Me is always going to be at the t- near the top for me. It is one of my all-time fucking favorite Kiss songs. Always will be. But then you've got some really fucking fluff like anything for my baby to me it's just pure fluff it's a it's a paul stanley throwaway you know it's got a good melody it's musically good it's a sound song it's just a throwaway it's exactly representative of you know the circumstances under which the album was written fast you know here's a song you know and and it just doesn't have anything there there's there's just nothing it's empty um i also do not like ladies in waiting um and again, because of the the lack of completeness of these songs, the arrangements mm-hmm. all feel a little bit, you know, unfinished. The lack, again, the lack of solos. That's why I give it a six. You know, it's got some fantastic songs on it, without a doubt. Obviously, 
you know, love her all I can and rock and roll all night and she and room sir. I mean, come on, you know, what a great catalog it is. But just for those few minor points, it's a six. Getting into Destroyer, you know, that's a little bit more difficult. It's, you know, like the seminal Kiss album, um, but it's not quite perfect. Eight out of ten. You know, I, I think Sweet Pain is simply, you know, the two points off those, what are in essence, I think, nine nine songs total. I, I don't have a problem with Beth. I don't have a problem with Great Expectations. I love everything. I can listen to <clears throat> Detroit Rock City with except the newscast intro gets on my nerves you know but the so, the, so, the song itself is just fantastic always will be and the number two punch of king of the nighttime world so you know i'm just taking two points off because of sweet pain being really again another sore thumb it's on the album minus two for sweet pain minus two for sweet pain sorry <laughs> sorry <Jean. laughs> um rock and roll over it's a 10 it's a nadia Comunique of uh you know music it's a perfect 10 it you know even with that one song again gene that is slightly unfinished it's mm-hmm. just so well balanced the album um it, 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 it the the sonics you know it's finally kind of the perfection the songs are well arranged they're very nicely done they're not overdone so 10 out of 10 give me give me rock and roll over as my desert island disc Love Gun. Oh, dear Lord. Six. It's it, it's just one of those albums. Again, it's it's Eddie Kramer playing the role of Ron Nevison and over-polishing it. It's, trying to, it's like the bastard child of Rock and Roll Over and Destroyer trying to take the production of Ezrin and polish it up, you know, or Dress to Kill, for that matter, which is a highly polished album in a different sense. Um and kind of neutering it. But it's got some fantastic songs. I mean, I Stole Your Love. Again, that's right at the top of my personal catalog of favorite songs. And then you've got shit like Almost Human, which, to me... Uh, I like that song. Yeah, I do, I do it, too. I like it, but it's just contrived. And yeah, we're talking about Kiss, and you really shouldn't use words like contrived. It's just like God of Thunder's poor cousin it. Yeah. Know? You, you know, it, it's like, you, it's like God a little, of Thunder's poor cousin. Yeah. It's like all of you don't know. When you think of when you think of when you think of mouthy bassists, you have Gene Simmons as the golden standard, and then you have Nikki Six as the knot. So that's God of Thunder versus Almost Human for me. Um, then she kissed me. Interesting comparison as well. Yeah, was, you could have used Blackie. Almost, Nikki but, Six is Almost Human. Uh, <laughs> No, Nikki, okay. Nikki Six is almost at Gene Simmons' boot level. Um, then she kissed me. It's dreadful. Um, Got love for sale. Is it's that's one of those fifty-fifty songs. Sometimes I like it, and sometimes I skip. Um, so taking it all together with the Sonics again, you know, if it sounded like Rock and Roll Over, it'd be a damn sight better album. And Eddie just didn't get it on that one. Maybe it's you know I, who cares? It doesn't matter. Six out of ten. Yeah. Before we move on, um, so nine plus eight plus six. Oh shit! I got to do math. Twenty-three for the first. Yeah, twenty-three for the originals versus twenty-four for the originals too. So obviously, right. rock and ro- rock and roll over skews my metrics. You know, not often you get to say that in a Kiss podcast. Right. 
fucking say you fucking complete geeks. Don't say skews. <laughs> All right, Ken. What what is next, uh, number three? Well, the next sub, number three is production, um, no, which is kind of touching the songs anyway. But production, overall production of the album, and you, again, it's between one and one, two or three, three being the highest. So. First album, Kiss, I gave it, for production, I gave it a two. It's not it's not the greatest production uh, in the world, sound-wise. Um, I would have liked a little bit more live sound, right? Live sound to it. Um, but it's not bad, it's not horrible, either. So, I gave that a two. As for Hotter Than Hell, I gave that a one because that was just missing the mark as far as production. It's just too sludgy. Um, they really messed that one up. I mean, that, that could have been quite a lot better, too. Even if it was the Kiss sound or from the first album, it would have been a lot, made it a lot better. Uh, so I gave that a one. Dress to Kill, I gave it a two. Um, it's kind of a medium range I, it's, I like the slickness of it um, but th- then it's you know it's missing again a little bit of that maybe live feel that I, I more you know, like more on for Kiss uh, but it's it's not bad but it's just a little bit too slick if it would have been less slick a little bit more raw I probably would have given it a three um, so the second group of albums the originals two sets um, Destroyer um, that one I give a two for production. Also, because I, I while I like Bob Ezrin's things he did with it and the songs, and he obviously did a great job with it, um, I still prefer a more harder, you know, raw sound again um, than what was uh, on that. It's a little too slick for me. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not a bad, bad thing, but uh, it's just middle of the road. Not bad, not great. Um, rock and roll over. Here we go uh, with uh, Eddie Kramer. Um, give that a three. That's a three. That's just top notch. The greatest idea of going into a theater and uh, recording it there in the live kind of format. Um, I think that's just a great idea, and just he just got the sound right on it, on everything, the each instrument, just just perfect. It just works so great. So that's a three. And then Love Gun, Love Gun is a drop off. I gave that too. I, I don't think find it a horrible production, um, but man, it's just a little bit more, you know, in the in the way of getting towards rock and roll over would have been like Julian said it would have been a lot better had it been produced by or like rock and roll over the, that sound so those are my numbers alright so what do they add up to because uh, I, I missed your more first three five and the uh, uh, second uh, what seven seven alright Lonnie well I'm thinking I'm going to echo pretty close to what Ken said um the first album, I give it a two. Um, I think it's close to being a three. I wish it would have been a. I, I wish the production would have been a little bit better to give them a little bit better of a sound of what the band 
to be representative of what the band sounds like live. Um, I don't think it's quite what it should be, but it's but it is good. But it's just I would have liked it a little bit better um, if they could have captured that live sound a little better. Hotter than hell. I mean, I, I give it a one. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to give it really high marks as far as production goes because, you know, we've been through this multiple times, but Hotter Than Hell's production is just, you know, represents everything that they got wrong. It's like what they could get wrong, they did get wrong in production-wise on that album. So I give that a one. Dress to Kill, again, is a little bit better. Not, not great production-wise, but I'm going to give it a two. It's kind of... It, kind of just misses it like the first album does. Um, although it does, it sounds a lot different than the first album, but it, like Ken said, it's almost maybe a little too slick the way they were, the way they produced that. So, um, so that's a five for the first three destroyer. Um, production wise on destroyer. I give that a three. I, I really like, I'm a, and it's because I'm a big, um, a big fan of Bob Ezrin too, you know. And I, I really like not only what he did with Kiss, but I like what he did with Alice, and um, I love his production on on Destroyer. I think it's fantastic, and you know, you can say what you want about. It. I I think it's great the way he did it. Even just everything, just you know, just blending those songs together from Detroit Rock City, right in the King of the Nighttime World, and the and the, and the sound, you know, with um, the sound with uh, with Do You Love Me the way it fades off with the bells and then into the, the rock and roll party. I, I just think it's fantastic. I think Bob just did everything perfect on Destroyer. Um, rock and Roll Over, I'm going to give it a three also because I don't think anybody's going to give Rock and Roll Over poor production marks because that's the best sounding album uh, uh, maybe outside of Revenge in my opinion. It's the best sounding Kiss album production wise. Maybe, you know, and it it's almost made me give Destroyer a two because Rock and Roll Over's production is so good, but I'm still going to give Destroyer a three. And Love Gun, again, I don't know why you got it right finally with like a live sounding Kiss studio album. Why you, um, why you deviated from that? I'll I can't quite figure out. So I will give Love Gun's production a two because it's again it, it's great and they sound great. Like I saw your love sounds great, but it's just it's just too too polished and Kiss getting I guess too big at the time and too you know too slick. So I'm gonna give that a two. So I guess mine comes out to a eight eight original two gets yeah. love production wise. All right. All right. Mark. Mark. Okay. <clears throat> So, the first record, Kiss, I'm going to give that a 2. Um, like I was saying before, I think that this is a really good attempt at a first record. I think the production is actually pretty good on this record, all things considered. I mean, it also shows what having the songs prepared performance-wise can do to help with production. It also showed what going in and doing pre-production with the what the actual producers could do to help make it sound better because they did demo the songs together and kind of got an idea and a feel for it and maybe what they could do to make it sound a bit better and you know this is another example of a album for all you people out there recording records this was done on 16 track like 
16 track guys did this record it sounds fantastic so don't ever say that you can't make a good record on just 16 tracks because you can okay so hotter than hell i gave it a one and um, like we all said before we went through this a hundred thousand times why we all think it doesn't sound good we know why it doesn't sound good too much too much fiddling and faddling around you know, Richie Wise claims there was monitors in the studio replaced every two days, you know, so he has his reasonings and the band have their reasonings. And But overall, the final the final outcome is just not good. It's It took songs that were decent and made them sound hard to listen to. It was very drudgy. I mean, no matter what kind of copies I've gotten it, whether on, you know, this vinyl or that vinyl, even some of my CD copies... I haven't really gotten a decent sounding version of this album. Maybe one of the 97 remasters I have it sounds better, but not much. Um, so I'm going to give that a one. Dress to Kill, in comparison to the first two albums, it's a breath of fresh air to my ears. So I'm going to give it three, because I think that they did a lot of great things on this record too. They introduced acoustic guitars nicely into it. Songs like Come On and Love Me have acoustic guitars nicely laid underneath to give the guitars a bit more dynamics. The drum sound, I think, was better. I think Dave Whitman kind of gave it a bit more of a roomier sound a little bit in certain spots. There's spots where he also made it a little bit more dry and close, which I thought was good. So he, he tried different things with the band sound, and I think it it worked. Overall, the main thing is I just think it's a hell of a lot more clear, and it's a lot more more i don't know it's it's how to put this but it's more it plays out better on more stereo systems than the other albums i think i can put it on a small ghetto blaster it sounds good i can put it on a huge stereo system it sounds good i can hear these songs in club situations that are concerts and it sounds good so they did a good job with this album i think that it really took a bad production job like Hotter Than Hell and said you know what, we can still make a record that sounds good and Dress to Kill was that record. Now again, i got to pull out my shield because I'm going to see the tomatoes on this one. Destroyer I give it a 1. Why do I give it a 1? Because I think that this album kind of represents all the things I don't want them to do on a, on a, on a Kiss album. Like I said before this is Kiss. This is not Pink Floyd, you know. I mean, with all this kind of extra stuff, pianos and string orchestras, and you know, I mean, I don't want to hear an oboe on a friggin' Kiss record. Come on, I mean, I don't want to hear, you know, like violins. Come on, like I want to hear screaming guitars, loud drums, and I mean, even the drums on this record, they sound decent, but they're just drowned in verb. Okay, it's it, it's it's this this album is very polished it is bob ezrin's signature i do understand i know how he works i have a lot of his records i've even met the man a few times personally and i've actually told him once that i didn't think destroyer was as good as i everybody else thought it was but he was kind of surprised to hear that but um the the whole thing is that i just think that i understand they wanted to bring the band up a step but i think he tried to turn them into something that they didn't need to be turned into. And I think the band felt that way because they got very scared and hence why we got 
the masterpiece of all time rock and roll over very quickly afterwards because even they knew that it was something that was maybe a little bit too far off in left field. So for rock and roll over, I think that goes without saying, I'm going to give that a three. Everything about this is how you should make a Kiss record. Big open space, lots of microphones everywhere, you know, big party kind of atmosphere, having a good time in there. You know, there's all kinds of stories about Peter Chris having shenanigans going on and this and that and lots of fun going on. So that kind of an attitude and kind of, you know, vibe can translate onto a record as far as a good performance. And I think Kramer had something to prove. You know, he was doing a record after Bob Ezrin, so I'm sure the pressure was kind of on to, you know, for him, in the one sense, within the production producers world, I'm sure all the producers and their, you know, when they go for their cigar and their cigar club, there they all go. Yeah, I wonder what Kramer's going to do with the next Kiss record. You think it's going to be as good as Ezrin's? You know, so I we'll see. We see on this uh, that he probably really wanted to step up and show even Bob Ezrin that he could do a really good Kiss record, and I think he hit the nail squarely on the head. So that brings us to Love Gun, which I think I agree with you guys because I give this a two that this is a step back from rock and roll over. But I think the reasonings for why it happened are mainly because I think at this point, Paul and Gene kind of had their heads already inflating a little bit and kind of saying, you know, I want to do take care of the production on my song. So I think kind of Paul took over the reins a little bit on his song. I think that really the only thing he had major input on was Aces and Peter's songs, I think, in comparison to the rest of them. I mean, I think that that's really where he had more input because, you know, Ace said lots of times that, that Kramer helped him a lot with sounds and getting good sounds for his solos and stuff like that. So I can see him working more with those guys than with Gene and Paul at that point. And I think maybe because of that, there's a little bit of, you know, not, it doesn't, to me, it sounds a little bit too polished. Maybe those guys wanted to go back a little bit more in that direction. But I just think that he let go of the reins a little bit. I think that's what's wrong with this record. If he would have took full control of it again, I think we would have got just as good a sounding record as Rock and Roll Over. Hmm. Interesting perspectives as always. You know, it's always good to hear a working musician give an input on that that, uh, you know, most of the rest of us can't kind of like see it or hear it through your ears, Mark. You know, so good stuff as always. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm necessarily going to piss anyone off, um, so I'm just going to have to try harder. Kiss. <laughs> Kiss is a three. It's perfect. And a lot of this has to do with the way I listen to music. You know, obviously we all have different ears and we all kind of process music differently. I've always played my music with, you know, the treble and the bass kind of turned up. I'm, you know, going back to my boom box. So a lot of the negative things about maybe what we might consider the subpar production or the less than perfect have always, for me, been automatically married out or in, by the way I listen to stuff. So, uh, you know, that album has always sounded, you know, pretty damn good to me. And I think, you know, straight out of the, you know, of the gate, you know, what Kerner and Wise did was, you know, they captured Kiss pretty bloody well. So, it, again, it goes back to my whole thing. You know, I kind of said it on every single time I've spoken about the first album. That, you know, it's the first Kiss. It's the first attempt. It's a pretty damn good one. So, three. Hotter Than Hell. It's a zero. It's uh, was there. There is no production. It, what production? You know, it it, it doesn't work. It, it's zero. It's an experiment that did not work. And I think a lot of that material would be, you know, it's so good as it is. You know, even with that piss poor, you know, effort, 
whatever the circumstances, whatever the intentions, I don't care. I'm a layman. I'm just saying it's, you know, from my perspective, my opinion. You know, I don't care if I'm completely wrong. It's, you know, it's not factual. Um, doesn't work. If that stuff sounded like the stuff on the first album, it would be stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, Dress to Kill. It's a one. It, again, it's a step back from Kiss. And I know there there are parallels between the first album, Dress to Kill, Love Gun, in terms of Sonics. You know, but it's just, it's flat. It's, it's, it's missing texture. It's missing, you know, nuances. It's just, it's ho-hum. And, you know, the material doesn't help it, except the good material, which really does. So, you know, four points for the first three albums for me. And... Destroyer. Um, I never really totally appreciated the sound of that album until, and Bob's work until I heard Resurrected. And then it, it really made it very obvious how brilliant Destroyer really was as a Bob Ezrin production of Kiss, but it's not Kiss. And for that reason, it's a two. It's a, it's a fantastic piece of work. It's absolutely brilliant in all the technical aspects that one could analyze it. But again, it's just not Kiss. Um, I think, for me, his contributions to the band are more in the performance that he coaxed out of them rather than the overall sound of the album. Rock and Roll Over, again, perfect. Perfection, three. Three points, easily. Um, for everything Mark said, I won't repeat it. It's uh, as simple as that. Love Gun, for me, is a one. And for the same reason I kind of bagged on Dress to Kill, that after you kind of have... Destroyer, and you've got the perfection of Rock and Roll Over, you just go back to a ho-hum production, and you know, for exactly the same reasons, again, uh, you know, that Mark uh, stated that, you know, probably each of them was sticking their oar in too much, you know, subpar. It's, uh, again, it, it, it's like the, you know, like I say with Crazy Nights, if you hear, hear the demos, you hear the tough, the ballsy, and the character coming through. It's the same with Love Gun. If it had some aggression, um, I've had some balls. It, 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 all that stuff would be better for me personally. Now, people may disagree. All right, let me add the I six points. So I obviously favor the original two, the originals too. Now we're we're just over an hour. Do we want to do costumes or do we want to just call it here because we've we've got a clear winner, Lonnie? I think we. I think costumes are going to make the originals two even more of a clear winner. So, you're, you're assuming that the originals two are the clear winner. I'm assuming the originals two is the clear winner. Now, now have you been surreptitiously um, using Excel while we've been doing this? I've not. I got lazy. I don't think there's any point doing the costumes because they're they're yeah. pretty much just gonna. I think everybody's. It. I think well, I think everybody's gonna see like that the costumes for. Everybody likes the Destroyer look, and the Love Gun look is great, too. And I think that, you know, they were, the costumes were primitive, you know, getting getting started. And, you know, they and they were hitting their stride as, as they went on. And I think then the costumes kind of go downhill after Love Gun. But I think, you know, the costumes were really at their peak during the original two era. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. And then you also got the slight problem that the Hotter Than Hell costumes were essentially used midway through the Kiss tour. And... The costumes for Destroyer were essentially used through Rock and Roll Over, Rock blah, roll. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like yes, there, there were slight changes between all of them, and 
someone's probably writing a book on that. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's go through the tally. So for Ken, Ken favors the originals to the second set of three studio albums, thirty nine to thirty five over the first trilogy. Lonnie favors the second group over the first forty two to thirty five. Mark, he I mean he was just on the fence each one of these uh 33 33 he loves them all well i do have a, actually a, a distinct winner on it. of course actually you got a, actually, t- I'll tell you got you a what tiebreaker I, yeah because what i ended up doing was this originally when we were talking about this i thought about how was i going to do it so this is how i deducted how the winner was i took what was to me the strongest record which is rock and roll over now to me the worst record ever is destroyer so i took that off i didn't even include this in there so i took kiss the first album, Drastic Hill versus Rock and Roll Over. Which of those are the strongest? Rock and Roll Over beats that. Now, could Hotter Than Hell beat Love Gun? I said no. There's no way in hell. So therefore, the second group to me will be the stronger group than the first group. Okay. All right. And Even with your hatred for Destroyer, it's still a <laughs> Hey, you know when when you told Bob Ezrin that you weren't a big fan of. Um, that and you didn't think it was the right production for a Kiss album. Did he kick you in the shin and squirt water in your face, or how, 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 uh, no, did, he, he, how did he respond? Did he just say, "Well, uh, well okay"? Uh, he, you know what he said actually. He said he goes, you know, and he he was he kind of smiled and he was like doing one of these things where he was signing somebody's record like this. You know, he was like, and I said it and he kind of smirked and he goes, "Well, you're not the first one who's told me that." And he just looked, kind of looked at me, and I said, "Well, I go. I'm not saying it's. I told him, I said, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I just like the more raw sounding stuff." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He he heard a lot of that kind of commentary at that time yeah. when it came out, oh, yeah. right? Even from management himself, he said he said that he that he had a lot of like distressed phone calls about it from Kiss management. Even that I don't know mm-hmm. if this is the right direction. Did we do the right thing? Kind of thing. So it's interesting to hear that from him too, right?" Yeah, and that's very clearly written in, you know, James Campion's book on it, you know, that, you know, essentially Gene and Paul were having kittens. Holy shit, what have we done? So, you know, Bob, Bob's a big boy. He can take criticism. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and he doesn't care. He's done the work. It's, it's his soundtrack. Okay, and me, I favored the second batch over the first, oddly. You know, with all that love I have got for the first album, the other two in that uh, first group of three kind of bring it down, whereas the strengths of both Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over offset my derision towards Love Gun. So, yeah, there we have it. Uh, Overall, 151 points to 136, as Lonnie did indeed say. The clear winner is the second group of three albums for us. But what do you listeners think? I mean, you can come up with your own metrics and kind of figure it out. We went through the, the covers, the songs, and the production uh, just in, in a quick and dirty manner. You know, which batch of three albums, Originals 1 or the Originals 2, do you prefer and why? Why don't you come on the board, check out the uh, the thread on this or Facebook on the posting or even on the YouTube video and give us your opinion, you know, and, and then let us know how we got it completely wrong and aren't real KISS fans. So... <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> no we, we appreciate you listening and we do enjoy your opinion so do please share those with us so that is it you know ken lonnie mark thank you very much and joel thank you for the topic and we shall see you next week thank you for spending time listening to the kiss FAQ podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like look us up on facebook or come over to the kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today 
Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. Thank you.